In today's solo, I share the advice that I begrudgingly took from my ex-wife. Are you hitting a wall in your business because you feel like you're too busy? Do you ever wish there were more hours in a day? This podcast is for hyper-focused entrepreneurs who want to learn the secrets of superhuman productivity. Together, we're going to kick procrastination in the teeth. We're going to slice through BS excuses like a katana blade. We don't ever wonder what happened because we're the ones that made it happen. My name is Josh Thomas. You've now entered the do zone. Welcome to the DZ Tribe. People do not decide their futures. They decide their habits, and their habits decide their futures. F.M. Alexander. DZ Tribe, Josh Thomas. I want to talk to you today about something my ex-wife told me. Now, I am one that uh, is willing to accept wisdom from whatever source. It really doesn't matter where it comes from. Uh, And there are some that are dubious, yes. Uh, But I've received so many nuggets of wisdom. Uh, I've, uh, for those of you that are not aware, I've been married more than once. Uh, And, uh, you know, it's a long story. I I won't get into that here. But um, one of my ex-wives we were sitting there and I was part of a, uh, kind of a, a social group. And, uh, it was, I was learning Spanish and it was this meetup group and, uh, I started it and I wanted to learn Spanish. And so I started this meetup group and a bunch of people came, lots of Latinos. Uh, and it definitely helped me learn Spanish quickly because I was surrounded by it. And I got a lot of help and a lot of exposure. And, uh, so I kept that going pretty consistently for about four years. And I was very proud of it. It was pretty successful. It was pretty well attended. And uh, I traveled internationally with some of them. We would always have parties at my house. I had like kind of an annual party at my house called Taco Toberfest, which I still do, by the way. Uh, I think this year is number seven, uh, maybe number eight. Yeah, I think it's number seven. And so uh, these were my friends, you know, or so I thought, anyway. And so uh, I introduced my, uh, it, was a, it was a very short marriage. Um, didn't last very long. We were not very um, well fit for each other. Um, but that's not the point of this particular episode. Uh, the point of this episode was there was this moment where uh, I, I kept referring to this group of people as my friends. And I'm like, yeah, these are my friends. You know, we go out and we do things and all this stuff. And she said to me these words that I'll probably never forget. You know, I, I remember almost every single detail of this moment because she said something that I, I can't remember exactly. I can't tell if she was trying to cut me down and hurt me or if she was just trying to be sincere and tell me the truth. Um, Maybe I'll never know. Uh, But I did find out what the truth was, ultimately. And what she said was, I was talking about my friends. Oh, you know, I got my my, my friends over. And, you know, these guys are my friends. We go, we hang out, we do stuff. we, We go dancing, we drink and all these things. And she stops and she looks at me. And in a very serious tone, she just looks me right in the eye and she says, these people, 
They aren't your friends. And I was like, what do you mean? They're not your friends, she says. These people aren't your friends. Like, of course they're my friends. I've known some of them for like four or five years. You know, we've spent a lot of time together, and I singled one of them out. I mentioned one person's name that I felt particularly close to. And she said, no, he's not your friend. He's definitely not your friend. She never did elaborate on that. Uh, and so I'm not sure why she said it, but because she said it, it really made me start second-guessing things. And then I started paying attention to what was going on. And uh, so what what ended up happening is very, very shortly after that, uh, we ended up splitting up. It just, it just didn't last very long. It was a mistake, you know, whatever. And um, we were both involved in that same group of people, friends, whatever. And uh, what I noticed was it was it was a pretty public breakup. Everybody knew both of us. Uh, and what happened next was the it was it was painful for me, and it was a little bit shocking, but it was also revealing because what happened next was absolutely nothing. Nothing happened. Uh, we broke our relationship off. That was very public. Uh, you know, it was very obvious in public in that group that we had gotten married. It was very obvious in public that we were not getting along very well. And it was very obvious in public that we were no longer together. And not a single person from this group that I carefully cultivated for years, four or five years, I very carefully cultivated this group of people. Not a single one of them called me to say, hey, Josh, uh, I know you're going through a tough time. Are you okay? Hey, you want me to come over or you need somebody to talk to? Hey, man, we're thinking about going out to this place. Come with us. Hey, uh, you know, just worried about you. Let me take you out to dinner. Let me buy you a drink. Not a call, not a message, not a drop by, nothing. And it's one of those things where it's like that doesn't immediately happen to you. You just kind of start to slowly notice over time like, hey, wait a minute. Not a single person has reached out to me over this. And it hurt. I got to tell you, I got to be completely 100% transparent with you. It hurt. And I didn't really know what to do with that. And as I was sitting there just in pain, alone, you know, processing all of this because I basically, you know, she took the friends and the divorce I realized that she was right. They weren't my friends. And so it was almost like she was trying to warn me. She was foreshadowing to me, hey, man, these are not your friends. Get away. You need to be your own independent self, and you need to stand up for what's right for you. Now, she didn't say that, and I don't know if she was thinking it. But that's what I got from it eventually. And I'm eternally grateful you know, it just wasn't a right fit for us, you know, and we had our problems and all this stuff. But I'm eternally grateful to her for saying that one thing to me in a time where I needed to hear it so desperately. I really needed to hear somebody tell me, actually, no, these are not your friends. Because what that did is it liberated me. 
and it also gave me perspective. It helped me understand that just because somebody's willing to spend time with you, just because somebody knows your name and says, Josh, and they give you a hug and a high five, just because they remember some story from some party a couple years ago, just because they'll come to your house and drink up all your beer and liquor and you know, turn up the music and have a good time, it doesn't mean they're your friends. They're your friends when they see that you exist. They're your friends when they know that you're hurting and they say, hey, I see you, you're hurting. Let me either take the pain away or let me come and sit with you and hold some of it for a while. Those are friends. Friends pay attention. Friends show up. And if I hadn't been told so plainly by my ex-wife that they weren't my friends, I maybe still to this day would be tricking myself into believing that they were actually my friends. And how much more would that have stunted my growth as a person to believe that somebody is your friend when they won't even give you the time of day? They won't even reach out to say, hey, man, I know you're hurting. You must be going through a horrific situation right now. I saw your ex-wife at the party yesterday getting hammered and laughing and having a good time, and it made me think about you. Are you all right? That's what a friend would do. And we get lulled into this kind of false sense of security sometimes because of familiarity. When you're familiar with somebody, you feel comfortable with them because you understand, you recognize their face. You remember their jokes. You've shared some experiences together. And you get lulled to sleep thinking Oh, yeah, this person cares about me. This is a good, strong, solid relationship. But you're wrong. What makes a good, strong, solid relationship is that people take care of each other emotionally. You don't have to communicate well. Communication's messy. But real relationships involve two people who take care of each other emotionally. And I didn't have anybody doing that. And... I'm not saying that I was super great at it either. You know, I'm not going to pat myself on the back and say, oh, I was the greatest. And I'm not going to put myself in a victim role here. I'm not saying any of this for pity. I'm saying this because my ex-wife gave me some really solid freaking advice that has changed the trajectory of my life. And for that, I am very grateful to her. So be careful about who you call a friend. Because they're not always your friends. And nine times out of ten, when you're talking about your friends and somebody looks at you and says, they're not your friends, nine times out of ten, they're probably right. And if you don't believe me, well, put it to the test. I challenge you to take a look, take an inventory. If you have more than, let's say, five, ten close friends that you call close. Take a look at every single one of them. How many of them are really your friend? If a stranger was observing your friendship from afar and you said, oh, yeah, yeah, man, that's one of my good friends. And they looked at you and they said, that's not your friend. I don't see anything here that would make them your friend. 
How would you feel about that? Are they right? Objectively speaking, are they right? It's important to take that inventory. Because me being able to be liberated from that and getting the transparency to understand that actually, no, these are not my friends, has allowed me to explode in personal growth and to really understand what it means to have true friends and to realize I don't actually have very many of them and that's okay. But the ones who show me they care They're easier to see now because I don't have these distractions. Now, it's certainly fine to have acquaintances, conocidos, they say in Spanish. It's certainly fine to have acquaintances, and I I don't hold any grudge against any of those people. They're all fine people. They're just not my friends. I actually went back to the meetup. I took two years off, and the meetup continued without me. It kind of grew a life of its own. I went back two years later. And a lot of people had cycled through, so a lot of newer people. And, you know, kind of got back into it, started getting to invited to the parties and stuff, and I started hanging around. But I, I realized again that it was like, it was a very kind of hollow situation. These people weren't my friends either. But I was okay with that. I accepted it. That's right. I don't need you to be my friend. You know, every once in a while we can go and hang out in the same place, tell some jokes, laugh, whatever. It's fine. I'm not worried about it. Just think about the next time you're hanging out with your friends. If somebody says, if somebody walks up to you and says, that person's not your friend, are they right or are they crazy? That's going to do it for today and this solo. I hope this is useful for you. Um, You know, I advocate that you learn as many lessons as you can from as many weird places as you can, including you know, your ex-wife from a very unproductive and unhealthy relationship. There's plenty of things to learn in any situation. And also, if you want to make sure that you don't miss any other episodes, make sure that you subscribe, leave a review, give me five stars or however many stars you want. Uh, But tell me how you feel about this. Tell me something that you want to hear on another episode of The Do Zone, either a solo or a guest that you want me to interview. And I'm more than happy to entertain that. Until next time, hey, go do something. I have a job for you. Open up your phone or get out a piece of paper and write down these three questions. Number one, what is one important task I can get completely done today? Number two, when can I start it? And number three, what impact will that have on my life? Now answer these questions as best you can every single day this week. Then commit to taking action daily. Now you're in the do zone, baby. Let's go. Need some help with accountability? Are you stuck where you're at and not sure how to break through the barrier in front of you? Join the DZ tribe for free by visiting thedozone.com. We're a group of hyperactive entrepreneurs who want to help you get more stuff done. Oh, one more thing. If you know somebody who needs to hear this message, share it with them. Text them, email them, send them a DM on social media, smoke signals, carrier pigeons, whatever. Be sure to tag us at The Do Zone. Also, keep the five-star written reviews coming over on iTunes. That helps new people find the show, hear it, and get themselves into The Do Zone as well. And always remember, the road to success is paved with imperfect action. So what are you waiting for? (laughs) Go do something already. See you next time.